chalk. <laughs> I'm just sitting here eating chalk. Hey, I wouldn't put it past you, man. Hello, and welcome to the Three Couches podcast. Um, this is a podcast where uh, we sit on three couches in the Three Couch Productions basement and talk about uh, different pieces of art and media with each other. Uh, each of us has brought a different piece today, and we're going to talk in depth about it. And then we're going to watch it, and then we're going to talk even more in depth about it. I'm Jason Zeppa, and these are my two co-hosts. I'm Weston Consolini. Yes, and I am Ricardo Mora, also just Rick. And, um, yeah, so let's, uh, let's jump right into it. Okay. Um, Who wants to go first? Black Paper, ooh, Rochambeau, my favorite. Rochambeau? What's that? It's just another word for rock, paper, scissors. Sounds like a like a like a like a drink. Like a spin in a drink. Um dude just dude just goes ba 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 throws out scissors. <laughs> you gotta drink the scissors, man. <laughs> you just gotta drink the scissors. Okay. Rick, you go for okay. okay. No no we're all we're all rock, paper, scissors. Oh, at the same time? Okay. Okay. Throwing scissors. Okay. 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 That was a great time. Okay, you meet J- Jason. You and me go first, and then you can go against Weston. Uh, okay. Okay. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Fucking oh my god. Paper, scissors, shoot. Yeah. All right. Go. Okay. All right. So you and you and okay, Weston. Okay. Here we go. All right. All right. All right. Rick's going first. I'm good cool. This. All right. Oh, I'm glad you have your notes on a piece of paper. No. Why is it? <laughs> I've got mine in a separate Google. Oh, okay. I just I have. Yeah. This you is see, just, I don't have notes me. because I didn't know what I was doing until like. All right, so do you, you know wanna? Yeah. Okay. Do you wanna listen? Do you wanna listen to the thing first? No, no. We so we we, we we wanna talk. Just tell us about just it. Tell me about. It. Okay. And then we'll watch it. We'll 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 stop recording. All right. And then okay. we're gonna. So put it up the thing the that I got is well, I don't know really what kind of genre it is. It's I wouldn't call it like a podcast because it's not real people talk it's more like a it's kind of like a storytelling like the best way i can describe it is that you're watching a movie but you're blind you can't see it like it, you, it's like you hear everything that's going on in the movie but you can't you can't see anything because there's nothing to see anyway so it's it kind of like a it's kind of like a folk is it like a, like a storyline it's like you have like voice cast? actors and it's like you know and it's the whole thing is like based around uh like uh this of a story based on this one trip that uh, the composer uh, Tchaikovsky uh, went on, uh, but it's not like it's not a real story. It's like a fictional story, so um, it could have never happened. But like it could have plausibly happened. But you know, <laughs> uh, and and the whole story just like you know it has music playing throughout the whole thing, and it's like has like a cute story that go along with it. So. Uh, that's what that's what I have. It was um, originally uh, recorded in '93, but the version I listened to was in 2010. I don't know if it's a different, but um, and yeah, it's the style from what I got got from it is a classical gospel romantic or something. I don't know what it, I don't know what. what I really how. hope his no, on his notes it says or something. Or <laughs> and because just just so just so, content, just so I have just so I have like it's clear. Uh, there's some very unintentional, uh, racist undertones. It's, it's not because, it's not like, in, because the, it takes place in, like, the, you know, 
Rick, like did the you 19th give us the century. Name? It's the well, who, who wrote this or just of of the piece. Oh, the piece yeah. is called. Uh, <laughs> well, okay, it's called Tchaikovsky discovers America. The full thing is uh, Tchaikovsky discovers America and a tale of courage and adventure. <laughs> I like the the voice, like the I don't know the 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 the, the um. The feeling that you got at the end of that. We, I listened. Well, the first time I listened to this was actually. I should have um, brought my Tchaikovsky statue if we're going to talk about oh, yeah. Tchaikovsky. Yeah, it, Rick was telling me about this the other day, and I was like, Weston's going to like this bit. <laughs> <laughs> he's, 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 a, he's a Tchaikovsky boy. Yeah, so, um. That, uh. Yeah, I listened to this when I was a kid because my grandmother was always like, obsessed with trying to get me into, like, classical music, because, like, that's her thing, and the only way she knew how to do it was because I like storytelling, and this was, like, a way to do that, so... Yeah, that's all. Um, I can, like, tell you afterwards about, like, all this stuff, like, how the, the accuracies of any of this, like, yeah, yeah. some of it is, like, accurate to, you know, it's... You do learn about Tchaikovsky along the way, but there's some things that are not, like, actually true about him. Um, that I did research on, but so we can listen to it and then you can okay. tell you about it. Uh, <laughs> so we'll be right back after listening to Rick's piece. Okay. okay. Um, just uh, so you guys, uh, th this will make a lot more sense if you go out and Google Tchaikovsky Discovers America, listen to it, it's a 40 minute little uh, album thing. Uh, we're going to be talking a lot about it here. It won't make a lot of sense, a lot of the things we have to say, I imagine, if you don't listen to it. But we can't play the whole thing here, because that's illegal. <laughs> Here we are, yeah. we're back. We just finished up watching Tchaikovsky Discovers America. Yes. Rick, do you have anything that you want well, to say okay. now? Well, okay, so first of all, yeah, it's it's basically, it's the whole thing is just like, you know, a bunch of pieces from my Tchaikovsky and, you know, recognizable American classics and stuff, but, uh, so for, for a few things in the, in the story, uh, Tchaikovsky didn't technically write Nutcracker, I mean, he wrote, like, I mean, he didn't write, he wrote most of the music, but he didn't, like, he helped us, he assisted in writing most of the music. It was really not a well-known fact. It was mostly his, uh, uh, his teacher, uh, well, who was it? No. It, it was, uh, a guy named Pepita, uh, that worked, did most of the composing down to, like, the bars. So it wasn't, like, he didn't do the whole thing. He did some of it, but, uh, he mostly well-known for his others, uh, which were, which were the stories he told, uh, the Swan Lake and Sleeping Beauty were two of them he did before um uh what else he um the story itself of the nutcracker is not was uh it's an adapted story so it, it from what was it yeah originally it was like it was originally a story uh a storybook uh, which is a lot longer so it wasn't really an original story i don't know why they you know put that in like this to make it look sound like he was you know the writer of it was not really true, but, um, yeah, that, um, what else, um, he did indeed go to America, um, yeah, I looked hard to, that up, I was just reading an article about, yeah, um, his visit to America, which wasn't that long, it was only about, like, 
think I saw twenty. I think it was twenty-five days. What I wrote down, it wasn't that long, indeed. So this could have, might have happened. Also, yeah. the um, the whole thing about him being afraid of conducting. Yeah, I tried real. to find if I could find that. I it couldn't find real. it. It was like real. That. Was yeah. that really? But okay. not like the way that they suggested in there. Like mm -hmm. he was nervous about it. Apparently, he had an obsessive fear that his head was going to fall off while he conducted. Uh. <laughs> I can see that. Um, yeah. Some a friend said of him during one of his concerts that I could see from the m moment uh, Tchaikovsky appeared he was a nervous wreck. He walked on between the orchestra's desks, hunched up as if he didn't want anyone to see him. When he finally made it to the podium, he looked like a man who would rather be anywhere else. <laughs> he forgot every note of his own piece, was blind to the notes in his own score and failed to give the players their cues at all the most crucial moments. <laughs> Luckily, the orchestra knew the piece so well that they took no notice of their <laughs> and all his incorrect instructions. They performed the piece perfectly well, <laughs> occasionally looking up at the composer with big grins on their faces. Oh my god. Uh, I like that. Wow! That's a good story. Yeah. And then he never conducted again. After that concert. Yeah, I remember he didn't like yeah, after after Carnegie I saw like he didn't really do much after. Like he did like he did teach, still teach, but he didn't like after like like most of his stuff he did uh like he like after that year it wasn't like after he did Nutcracker in like, ninety three he then he then he died. He was only fifty three. So Yeah. Damn. So uh that was yeah, I mean like, you know for the, you know, he did a lot of, I guess, a lot of good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Very 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 interesting. Very interesting man. Uh also just as a side note as a, a little um thing that can that it can be true but like isn't like proven but by most historians it, it, they have tried and like pieced together that he that the, he was like allegedly was gay. Which is hard to find out now since he was from Russia. You know how Russia is. With, There's been know. a lot of. There was talk about uh, a lot. He had a lot of mental problems. He was. Yeah. He was very anxious. He had. He had depression at one point. Mm. As, he thought his head was gonna. He fall thought off. his head was gonna fall off. And um, a lot of people credit that to. There's very little evidence, but people do credit that to him maybe being homosexual. You never know. Yeah, which is hard to find out, given the fact like Russia denies all. You know what homosexuality is. I mean, yeah. isn't in Russia now you're not allowed to even tell kids that gay people exist. Right, like, it's so not like you know. It's not yeah. Hell it's yeah. Not something. Hell <laughs> yeah. Um, so I would like to say that, you know. First things first. As soon as I saw the album cover of this, mm. I absolutely loved it. It was like a charcoal drawing of Tchaikovsky with the <laughs> with the Statue of Liberty and the entire everything in the background. It was amazing. I loved it. Yes, yes. Very, very, very and I nice. feel like this would make an amazing movie. Yeah. And at the end, where they're talking about not going back to Russia, it felt like a scene, a cheesy scene from a nineteen nineties American <laughs> oh my God, film. Yeah. That's what I was. Yeah. <laughs> this is nineteen nineties American. Yeah. It was like. I so, guess. So. so yeah. Uh, uh, as Rick was struggling uh, with what to call this earlier, I was looking up like what the what they officially mm -hmm. like. I look up like it's just an album. Right. I just look up disco dis the discog what's it called Discog discography discography. Of it, and it's not like it's trying like you know put it in different genres of like yeah. what is it, a gospel? Which I don't know. Makes sense. How yeah. Does, no, but um. And it's um, I wanted to call it a podcast this pod time, but it's not a podcast. Yeah, it's like it's a podcast 
apparently is defined as being downloadable on the internet. Okay. Interesting. And it's not like a. I won't call it. There's storytelling. That's hot. (laughs) There's storytelling elements into it, but it's again like it has voice actors, so it's like you're you know it's like you're like I like I said like you're watching some a movie, but you're blind. Speaking yeah. of the voice actors, yeah, I want to say, oh, I say it's very hard to come by good child actors, and these, I'm, I'm sure that they, they could be adults as mm. far as I know, but if they are children and they are able to do this voice acting, that is extremely hard to find, and I give major props to whoever found these two kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my thing on the cast it is I wanted to find the cast list. Oh yeah. Nowhere. Really? There's not thought, a cast list. No, no, I saw... Thing. No, there was a cast list. I think there was on... Go on to, uh... What was it called? Discogs. That's oh, where I Discogs? Found, yeah, go on there. I think I saw something there. That's where I found the writer was named... Uh, was Douglas Cowling. I don't know what Ooh, else I got a completely different writer. Oh, really? Okay, I don't know where I got that then. Maybe the... I don't know if it was, like, originally this was, a, like, a storybook or... Like, this... Like, whatever this was... Um, I know there was a book made out of it. Um, I did see the book, so I don't. I'm not really. I'm not really sure. I saw the Broadway thing that they had. Oh yeah, so a bunch of different things. I gotta imagine like this is like an animated, you know, short movie or whatever. Like we told, we're talking about this. Like we thought it could be, like yeah. I see the voice actors here. Okay. Uh, were any of them? I don't know. I don't. I couldn't tell you. Okay. Just from looking at the names, it doesn't tell me ages or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, while well, I looked up, like, Tchaikovsky Discovers America cast list, and there, uh, there was just nothing. I found one thing, and it gave me the name of the person that, like, wrote it, and then it said, <laughs> recorded by a full cast. <laughs> and that, and then I clicked on that, and it just gave me, like, other things that okay. a full cast have recorded. Okay. Um... Yeah. Another thing I want to mention is that this is a series. Oh yeah, there are other ones. There there's are, like, like a Mozart one. There's a Beethoven one. Yeah. Interesting. I didn't. Interesting. Yeah, I I'd like to listen, listen to, to more of these. Yeah, they're uh, they're pretty cool. I don't know. I don't think I'll appreciate them as much as I appreciated this one because. Yeah, you're a big Tchaikovsky. Tchaikovsky is my favorite composer, so. But I'll have to check out Mozart. Yeah, that's, that is that's true. my boy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um. Weston, do you have other things that you want to say? Because I have like this long list of like things that I want. Oh, to I, have, about this. I have. I have. I have two more go things. Back and fo- okay. I have two more things. All right. The first thing is I felt like this was a great use of his music. Yes. It was very well done. Yes. Yes. And I appreciated that a lot. Yes. Very good. Very. Thank okay. you. Okay. Uh, yeah. Um, I, agree. <clears throat> I think. So, earlier, Rick, you mentioned that your grandmother showed you this yeah. because she wanted to get you into classical music. Yes. And during my, like, research that I was doing while we were watching it, uh, it that's, like, what it's designed for. Right. Is I mean, to like, get kids into classical music. I did music. notice that as well. I was, I looked up a few of the clips from it to see, and every time you click on one, it would go to some, something ba- to try to get kids into it. Like, I even found one, yeah. and I, and it was, um... Oh god, I'm really bad with Spanish. Okay. The album cover, was it? the title was Niños Classical or something like that. That's, yeah, kids, 
classic yeah classical kids so it it's also you know not just english speakers it's other yeah, speakers yeah, as well so, so it's meant to just try to get kids into right which i'm all for cuz like if you straight up like you know put like you know this old ass music in front of a kid you know it's like i don't know how to associate myself with this i yeah. mean or whatever and then you have put like a person in front of it it's like oh okay and then it has a as someone who did not get into classical music until like I want to say at least late sophomore year of high school. <laughs> yeah. It. I wish I discovered it earlier because I. You wish you discovered America. Or... I. <laughs> Consolini discovers. Consolini <laughs> discovers America. Yep. Yeah. All right. Um. Yeah. This was this was a good a good thing. Yeah. Um. I was looking at the track list, and I noticed something that got me very excited. But what about what about? Um, the third track is called "Swing Low, Sweet Chariot" and something else. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And "Swing Low, Sweet Chariot" is an old slave song. Um, oh yeah, yeah, That yeah. was sung by slaves, basically as a prayer for death to come and kill them. Uh, but oh. the reason that I know Swing Low Sweet Chariot yeah. is it's a line in a Mountain Goat song. Oh my god. Uh, <laughs> um, wow. Jeez. Yeah. yeah. And you are a big fan. I am the biggest Mountain Goats. That's not true. Well, there are some crazy. You bend a, yeah. He is a very big fan. I'm a big fan of the Mountain Goats. Mm. So I just want to read you the bit. <laughs> All right. You can read like, the, the bit. In there. Um, so it's I was having visions of sugared pastry cooked up in clarified butter. I tried to turn my visions into prayers, but I built my castle way high up in the air. Yeah, I came to the gates of the fabled pink city, hungry and tired and cold. Swing low, sweet chariot. Um, yeah. Yeah, and so I like was looking into that <laughs> because I had a lot of things to think about mm -hmm. here. Um, and so I was trying to figure out like why Swing Low, Sweet Chariot was in this... What was that? What was well, they went by and they saw the the, the oh, slaves. They yeah, weren't the, slaves, the but they were slaves. still yeah, like the, uh, you know, they were having a hard time. President Lincoln freed them, <laughs> or whatever the line was. Yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, so that's just it has nothing really. Yeah, to I do like with the it. whole because it wasn't only like telling you getting you get to know this guy, but he also you know he's it's you also know gives you a little history history yeah. of America. Yeah, it's yeah. Very <laughs> multi-purpose. I even have a bicycle. <laughs> I even have a bicycle. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and my last comment that I wanted to put in here, um, actually it's kind of like two in one comment because I wrote two different notes on it, but it's the same thing. I thought the dialogue was just like great because mm -hmm. the, there there is two different things that I thought were great about the dialogue. Yeah, here. there was the um, um, <laughs> there was the fact that like they used like whenever Tchaikovsky. Like a new song would start. Mm -hmm. There were a few times where he he was like describing like a set like some sort of sensory imagery right, along yeah. with this music that was playing, and I thought that was really cool. Yeah. And then the other thing that I liked about the dialogue was they wrote it well for what it is, you yes. know, audio only. Right. So like, I heard like there was like this weird rushing sound. And I was like, what what is this? What I don't know what this rushing sound is. And he goes, watch out for that. Whatever he said, I don't know. Remember what it was? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was like, Watch out for that! And I was like, Yeah, yeah. I, great. Yeah, it, yeah the, uh, I was glad that they, so that whole sound the, effects and stuff made it feel like more. Yeah, yeah. I was glad that <clears throat> they knew what what they were doing, a little bit. Mm -hmm. So yeah. 
Yeah. That's everything I have to say about it. Uh, I do have one more thing to say about it. <laughs> and I was waiting the entire, the entire thing <laughs> to hear my favorite part from my favorite song from him. And that is the end of the 1812 overture with the cannons. And as soon as it happened, they both said, <laughs> yeah! And yeah. honestly, that is one of my favorite classical songs. Not just because there's cannons, but because not only is there cannons, and it sounds good, and it's just going crazy. I remember... But there's also, if you look at the original sheet music, he writes, he writes halfway through... <laughs> yes. Exit cattle, which means he had cows on that stage. <laughs> I think that's one of the greatest things. Exit cattle. Oh my god. Well, and yeah. I'm also looking up right now. You said he was describing century images. A lot of uh, famous composers, they have had synesthesia, which is you know. Yeah. I'm seeing if he did. I'm not sure. I mean, surely maybe like Beethoven did, of course. You know, he had to. Have at some sort of mind thing. Yeah. I don't know. Mozart was like I I I've looked a lot into Mozart and like mm -hmm. his writing shit stuff. Mozart and his writing stuff. The writing and that's stu yeah. That's like I like that a lot. Mm -hmm. Like his oh I'll have to bring a Mozart thing some for for one of these for a future episode. Yeah. Um okay. So yeah, so, yeah, that was our first piece. We finished up Tchaikovsky Discovers America. Thank you, Rick, for yes. bringing such Thank a lovely you, piece. Very Yay. good piece. Thank um, you, guys. Is it me or you, Jason? I think we have to Rochambeau again. <laughs> oh, we're going to Rochambeau again? Shaken or stirred? <laughs> uh, spun. Spun. <laughs> okay, here we go. Jason, is Jason just did a full 360. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Oh, shit. Bo. Oh, wait. I'm sorry. Bro, shit. Bo. Alright. Okay, Jason won. I'm going. Alright. Oh, I go last. Okay. Yeah, you're going last, Weston. Okay. I'm to see what you brought. Don't tell us yet, though. I won't tell you. Okay. So what'd you bring? I'm setting the scene. Alright. Okay. Alright. Okay. Before, I, before I tell you what I brought. Alright. Here's 1969. Okay. Mm -hmm. it's, uh, it's the middle of summer. It's a Monday morning. I think August 19th. Are you talking about your birth? <laughs> I'm not that old. No, I, know, I, know, I know this date. I know this you, date. Rick knows this yeah. date very well because we've been talking about this date a lot mm -hmm. recently. So August 19th, 1969. You're in New York, upstate New York. Okay. Not upstate in New York, but... <laughs> yeah, just upper New York, you know. Not the city. Yeah. Okay. As there are no fields there. Mm -hmm. Um... And it's early morning. You were supposed to leave last night. Um, but there was some rain that pushed back what you've been waiting for. So, instead of canceling anything that they couldn't have time for, they've just extended the event. And Jimi Hendrix comes out onto the Woodstock stage. Alright, so I'm going to be talking about this opening act of Jimi Hendrix at Woodstock. Uh, mm -hmm. Jimi Hendrix's rendition of the Star Spangled Banner. Oh boy. Because, oh my goodness, it's, there's a lot. I wrote a paper on it recently. Um, not just that, I wrote a paper on Jimi Hendrix, and that was a big part of the paper. Mm -hmm. But, um, 
So he plays Star Spangled Banner, and uh, it's it's intense. Like so, it's it's just a rendition purely on the guitar, and Hendrix uh, has played the guitar since he was like four. He's never had any proper musical training of any sort. He has perfect pitch though, so that's uh, just a fact about Jimi Hendrix. <laughs> so he's playing the Star Spangled Banner. He's having a lot of fun with it. And, um, around the time, like, there's a lot of distortion. It's sounding really rough and, and stuff like that. And around the time that the lyrics would be saying, um, or the ramparts we watched, we're still getting on these streaming and all that stuff, um, he starts to really mess with it. It mm -hmm. gets, like, you can't even tell that it's the Star-Spangled Banner anymore. Um, and that's speculatively, I mean, he hasn't said much on it, but most people say that that's supposed to be, like, the sounds that he's making are supposed to be, like, the bombs and the, the gunshot. Um, and, like, a bunch of other stuff. And it's... <clears throat> and then it just... It gets so rough, it's impossible to tell what part of the song he's in anymore. He All throws right. in some taps there. It's... Heavily distorted. Yeah, There's never, nothing I've you never, can hear. I know what you're talking about. Like I've never listened to the full thing because like, I oh yeah, it's but... it's it's intense. But um, never heard of this. Oh, it's oh boy. Okay. But um, so I was doing my research on it, and I was reading different articles on it. I didn't do a whole lot of research when I wrote this paper. I only read one article on it because it was college paper, and I didn't really feel like putting a lot of effort in. <laughs> <laughs> uh... But um. No, that's not true. I put a lot of effort into it. I just didn't put a lot of effort into each bit. You know, it was like Jimi Hendrix, not just on this. But uh, when I was researching just this piece, um, a lot of people are arguing whether it's a protest or a tribute to the United mm -hmm. States. Now, it's 1969. It's Woodstock. We're in the middle of the Vietnam War. Mm -hmm. Hendrix, at, in 1969, is very against uh, Vietnam. Right. But... In 1967, he was very pro-Vietnam and actually signed up for the, the the army and fought in Vietnam as a volunteer army oh, soldier. I did, I did not know that about Jimi Hendrix. Yeah. That's an interesting fact. A volunteer soldier for the United huh. States military. Okay. 1967. I'm not sure on that year. You can fact check me at home. <laughs> Because you know that he won't. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it, the, the, the number doesn't really matter. Yeah. He was in Vietnam not too long before this. So, my personal opinion mm. is it's not really a protest or a tribute. It's like kind of just a, a sign of like... I don't know. I Disappointment is the word that I have down here in my, in my show notes. And I think that kind of fits. Like, he's... Mm -hmm. Not, you know, like he's he's definitely very pro-America. If you listen to a lot of the things mm -hmm. that he says, he's for like he's against you know the communism spreading and all that stuff that Vietnam is doing. But he's not super psyched about the way that things are happening over there. He mm -hmm. doesn't like the fact that like innocent people are dying and like he doesn't like the draft very much and a bunch of other stuff like that. So I think it was very much not like him being like, Hey, America, let's play the Star Spangled Banner. Or him being like, Screw America, I'm going to 
mess up the Star Spangled Banner. I think it was more of like a, America's really great, but we're doing some things wrong right now. Yeah. Um, yeah, I get it. And then the other thing is, um, I was looking into other versions of like rock and roll, or not rock and roll, but like rock versions of the Star Spangled Banner. Mm -hmm. And um, a lot of modern renditions of the Star Spangled Banner are much more patriotic. Like, yeah. You know, this one is very, you know, I've just talked mm -hmm. about how it's like, you know, patriotic but not and all that stuff. But like, Metallica is just very respectful. Mm -hmm. They they play it like like they are. It's that one was really good. Mm -hmm. um, Slash basically oh is just copying Hendrix. Like he did he did the exact same thing except a lot cleaner. Like he played it very clean in the beginning. Hendrix mm -hmm. is never all that clean with it. Yeah. And but he just gets messier and messier as it goes. But Slash like starts off very clean. Gets messy around the same time as Hendrix. Throws taps in just like Hendrix. Although it's he plays taps poorly, but that's and then yeah, and then finishes off really clean as well. Mm -hmm. So Slash was like doing the weird copying of Hendrix thing, um, and then a bunch of other people did it just very differently. But Hendrix, I think, is really I, looking into it. Hendrix looks like he was kind of the first guy to really do, like, a rock, like, or metal, or whatever you want to call it, version of the Star Spangled Banner, which mm -hmm. I thought was really interesting. All right, well, yeah. So, so yeah, let's listen, let's listen to it. Yeah, I'm yeah, excited. Uh, this actually sounds pretty interesting. Yeah, I want to yeah. listen. You keep talking about it. Just don't listen to it. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got to do my intro. No, right? no, I get it. I just, like, let's talk about it more after. All right, here we go. look that one up too. Just look up Jimi Hendrix Star Spangled Banner. It's the first thing that comes up on Google. Okay. Uh, um, and now what do you well, guys have to say? Uh, holy crap. So yeah, that's see I don't know I don't know much about music, but like see that's the kind of stuff that just you know just just, just gets you just gets you straight into like just exactly like how that man is feeling. Cause I can see like from what the video showed because like, I'm assuming like that's like when you know when he was like, that, that, yeah that was a recording of, of the Woodstock one, the actual concert. yeah that like I could see it just in his face just like how you know, how much like he put his heart into that you know that piece and that was just oh like I like I mean like, you know, how you said like how like you know when he kept messing up the song it wasn't like he was you know just going off and doing something it was like it had like a a real purpose to it and you know, trying to get like you know, like I like every time that happened, I could just feel like I could just feel like the 
like the, I don't know what it was, just raw, just just so many emotion, so much emotion into that. Just like you know, and like again, like he had said, like it wasn't like you know trying to be like disrespectful or anything. He was trying to like you know, it was yeah, it wasn't even pro yeah, it wasn't protesting either. It felt you know, it just felt like you know, a man expressing himself. Yeah, he he had some problems and. He thought that America had some problems, mm -hmm. I should say, and he was just doing that, and that's all. It, yeah, a lot of people are just like the greatest protest song or like other stuff like that. As I was reading, and I was like, no, no, this isn't a protest song. This is, this is a guy wishing that Vietnam was more civil. Mm -hmm. um, I quite enjoyed this. <laughs> I enjoyed this a lot. Um. I quite enjoyed, if you notice, he, he he has it really messy and dirty, and then he cleans it up where the lyric would be, and our flag was still there, and then he immediately messes it up again, and I <laughs> thought that was perfect. I didn't even notice, like, because I just lose track of, like, where he is once he starts getting messy, so I'm glad that he were able to... It, it, like, immediately, I know you saw me, but immediately I had to write it down, yeah, because, I like, I would have forgotten, but you notice it perfectly that... I at least noticed it very, like, easily noticed that he immediately, as soon as it got to the line where it would be, and our flag was still there, he cleaned it up, and then after that line, he messed it up again. Wow. What did you guys think of the taps being thrown in there? That's like, That was interesting. It was very interesting, and I liked it. Yeah, I don't, yeah, it was, um... Taps is always a, a weird one for me. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't I really know. relationship with taps. I don't even know why. Just as, like, a child, I, I had to sing it once. I think <laughs> Well, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, he felt like it was, you know, fitting. I don't know. It wasn't... Because this wasn't really... It, it was so messed up, really, that, like, I, I don't feel like... It almost became, like, its own song, in a sense. Like, not, like, from, like, it was... Like, it was still Star Spangled Banner, but it was... It was it became something, like... Yeah, that's why, like, like Jimi Hendrix's Star Spangled Banner is, like, the famous one. Yeah. You know? You know, a bunch of people have done... Star Spangled mm. Banners, but like the famous ones are yeah. few and far between. I almost felt like Hendrix's. Is, is almost is it big. weird that like I almost felt like, uh, what was it? like I could feel like not feel I could almost like you know the like the lyrics to the Star Spangled Banner, but I felt like in this song, like you didn't even need lyrics for like to understand. You know, you could actually like you like it's like the music literally spoke to you. Yeah, that, I. Like, like, yeah, I, I lose track of, like, what words or what as soon as that song mm -hmm. starts. Because it's just the notes, and it's just... It's really, like... The feel. I think that, like, the greatest example is to show how, like, music is, like, its own language. And, it's, you know, you can't even, like... Yeah. You can't even, like, express it another way, you know? So that's a... I really feel like this... Most of the time, the Star Spangled Banner is about how great America is. But what Jimi Hendrix wanted to do was not how great America is right now... But it felt more as to the men who are actually fighting in Vietnam, who may or may not agree with this because they're being drafted. They're not choosing to go. Many of them are not choosing to go. And he ends it cleanly with a little bit of, you know, when And the home in there. of the brave. And the home of the brave. The, the brave part he holds for so long. Exactly. I feel like this is more his respect to the young men who are over in Vietnam. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. Wow. Jeez, that got me. 
That was a good one. I like that a lot. Yes, I did. Thank yeah. You. Yeah. Thank you, Jason, for that. Thank that you, was Jason. I did enjoy was, uh, very yeah. much. Um, okay. Anything else? Any other notes? Or? I think we've completed our first two pieces. Okay. Weston, you are our final piece. Uh, we're on to me. And I actually had a hard time choosing what I wanted to do here. But I have to go back to one of my favorite musicians of all time. And he's releasing a new album soon, in like two weeks. And it's going to be called Number Six Collaborations. It's Ed Sheeran. Oh, oh okay. okay. And I decided to go back because originally... He made another EP that was called Number Five Collaborations, and it's building off of, you know, the number six is the same idea. So it's basically eight songs, and each one is featuring an artist. And how he describes these songs is he wanted each to be like a musical, quote unquote, with very, with trying to limit his lyrics about women, because songs about women are so common, you know? <laughs> Especially in Ed Sheeran's songs. Very especially in Ed Sheeran's <laughs> songs. Um, it's it's a self-released album, eight tracks, you know, about 30-minute listen time. Uh, this is actually his last album before all of his studio albums. Oh. So this was his... This was right before Plus and all those. And this was before he really, you know, hit it with anyone in the States. Uh, it's his eighth EP... And it hit 45th in the UK charts. Okay. Uh, yeah. It's right. got some. It's got some samples actually. There is one song mm -hmm. that, when I listened to it the first time, I was like, "Oh, this is A Team," because it has the intro to A Team. Oh, was an A Team. Okay. <laughs> what was it? Uh, it's called Little Lady. It's like the only one that's really heavy on talking about women. But it's not okay. the typical thing. This is a very dark... It's a much darker album than you'd expect. It's very grimy, very... Um, oh shoot. They had a word that described it that I thought was very good. One second. Let me see if I can find it. Uh, they said it, quote, has haunting themes. Oh. And I found that word very nice. I really like that word. Hmm. It's got guys on it that I don't think any of us... Well, no, maybe Jason. Maybe Jason. <laughs> I've got some weird listening <laughs> stuff. Uh, it's got Devlin, Willie, P Money, Getz, and JME. I example has done some things with a few of those guys, but I didn't really like the songs. <laughs> <laughs> That's but, fair. Uh, yeah. Okay. I've heard their names around. Yeah. So if you want, we can give it a listen yeah. now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. We'll be right back. Um, just like the other ones, I'm sure you can find... Where can you find this, Weston? Uh, I, it's all on YouTube. All right. So, yeah, just look up... Uh, number 5... N-O-5 Collaborations Project. Yeah. So, you can go listen to it. We're going to go listen to it right now. And we'll be back in a bit. Hey, we're back! Uh, we just Again. had a little bit of a mishap where I hit the pause button instead of the record button to come back. Uh, um, so you guys just missed out pretty much everything we had to say. So let's just say it again. Yeah, it was not that much. I just said that like we really enjoyed the album. 
Yeah. It was very, uh, it's very grim, but very powerful. It was very, um, uh, I like I how it was very, you know, it was varied for how, like, how many artists was on there, mm-hmm. which was, uh, pretty impressive. Uh, I liked, um, what was it, the song, Little Lady. Little Lady. Was very good. Um, was very good. I thought it was, you know, very raw and, like, yeah, most of, most of the songs are pretty, like, yeah, just talked about, like, pain, hurt, <laughs> struggle, it was all that. intensely dark. Yeah, which but is something that doesn't usually happen nowadays. No, yeah, it's not really because with rap, you don't really hear like that. Like, it's not. It doesn't come. Like, I guess because like I mean, I'm, I don't listen to much music that comes out of UK, but like you know, it's very different from like how you know, like when different genres of music have like their own like you know taste in every different part of the world. You know, so it has like. Um, I don't know if like how you know rap is, you know, seen over there, but it's yeah, it's that's that's really uh, I enjoyed that. Um, so the song yeah the songs were all, you know, I I liked which was the other one, I liked you I liked the radio. Um, I didn't yeah. catch any of the titles, but I I liked the one that. Um, the tagline seemed to be like "drag me into the deep end" or something along. That's called that. "drown me." Drown me. <laughs> Makes lovely. <sense. laughs> lovely. Hey. Yeah. Um, Rick. Uh, just so that I don't, I don't mean to like completely backtrack or like try to repeat what we just had. But what was the thing you, you were saying? I thought that was a really good point that Weston ended up making on what you said. What the, about the, the oh about how deep like his, thing? how like the depthness of like. Like the not just the lyrics, but also like the how the music sounds in general, like how it sounds very echoey and like how his voices is like you said, like very layered on top of each other. So it has like a like in his head, like well, well how I understood it is that each person has like their own uh, story to tell, and everyone has their own struggle and has their own voices and and it it and that like in your head. Uh, you have like different voices and different layers in your in your head and i don't know i'm trying to explain it but i can't explain music the person would have to explain that for me who made the song but uh yeah that's what that's what i think that is all about to get that um that you what is it that trance into your 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 soul what crank it up what it mean like my voice my volume I'm sorry. I don't know if I'm getting enough into there. I'm far away from what. Yeah. It, your, your levels were just low. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> anyway, can you tell this is our first time? <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. Okay. I should have used the dock. That's what we brought it out for. Cool. Um. Yeah. That was. I wrote down a few things. Um. I wrote down what, at the very beginning, I was like, I'm going to write down every lyric that I really like. But then I was like, this is ambitious. <laughs> but I wrote one down from, like, I think the first song. He said, I brush my teeth every night, but I still wake up with a bad mouth. I, I mean, like, no particular reason that I like that. I just, I think Ed, Miss, Mr. Sheeran, has, like, has a He's very... Not, you're not dating his daughter. No. <laughs> How do you know? Because he doesn't have one. Shut up. Um, <laughs> okay. But yeah, he has a very good 
Um, lyric. Yeah, he's very good at writing lyrics, I think. He's he, very lyrical? Is that the word you're looking for? No. I, no. No. Okay. Just, <laughs> All right, cool. Nah. I like his use of metaphor, is really what I'm trying to say in the end there. He, mm -hmm. he, has, he has a very good way of, like, I, I think... Um, I quote John Green a lot, and here's another time that I'm going to, is um, he says that uh, it's impossible to express pain without metaphor because it's just pain or something along those lines. I'm bad at quoting John Green, too, because he says a lot of things, and I like a lot of yeah. them. Yeah, I'm going to start making a tally for every time you quote John Green, so I guarantee you will fill that up real quick. Oh, yeah, no, the two things that you got to tally are how many times I bring up the mountain goats no, how, how many, many times, times I quote John oh, Green. God. Um, no, I think, yeah, that makes sense, because, like, you know, you don't have, you, you know, the yeah, sensations yeah. that you have are not things that are, yeah. uh, you know, he wrote a whole we book have language it. for a reason, but, yeah. like, it's not like it's can explain. You gotta, a lot of things can only be explained through I think, through like, the reason, like, okay, this is gonna get into, like, some deep shit, I don't know if you're ready for this, but I've always <laughs> thought of it like this. The whole point of communication was to communicate with other people, but what about with yourself? <laughs> Why did you say that? Yeah. <laughs> what? I don't know. You just sound like like a like a seventh grade m motivational speaker trying to get kids to think. Because <laughs> what we're trying to do, we get things people to think, right? I don't know. Like, I don't know. I mean, there's there's nothing wrong no, with no, the point you were making, just like the way that you phrased it. No, no, like, no. I just... What about yourself, <laughs> man? Like, well, yeah, yeah, you gotta, yeah. gotta think about... I think that Jimi Hendrix is hitting him a little no. hard. <laughs> no, no. Did you, did you get, like, some secondhand weed from that Woodstock no. video? Mm. I mean... <laughs> well, I'm, I'm always saying that, like, I feel like that's the, you know... Yeah, no, no. Music I, is the communicator for any... anything. Yeah, a, a quote that I hear a lot, again... Not from John Green. All right, I won't yeah, tell you. Yeah, you can't tell. I was ready. <laughs> um, about music is that, like, music is, like, this ultimate form of self-expression. But I... And I like that, because it is. Mm -hmm. Like, you're, you're expressing yourself when you write music I innately. Like, mm -hmm. that's all you can express is you. In any art form. So. Right. Um, I feel like it's also what you get out of it, though. Right. That's the other thing. Like, we we aren't expressing ourselves when we listen to Ed Sheeran. Yeah. We're, but we're, we're finding ourselves we're in finding, these music. Yeah, more of yeah. ourselves. Or also finding Ed and just a lot of, like, it's it's great. Mm. Music is great. Art is great. That's why we're doing this. Yes. I find it very interesting that we all chose music. Well, I mean, Rick was a little less music-y. That's true, but it was very... It still had the... It had music in it. It was about it music. It was about music. And it was music. about the, the, the movement forward of music and, the, and the, the fact that children need to listen to classical music. Also, uh, speaking of children should listen to classical music, fun fact. Do you know that if you play classical and like Is jazz music for your children, oh. it's uh, like, as babies, it can help them develop perfect pitch. Oh, that explains wow. why I don't have perfect pitch. My dad like Motley Crue. <laughs> I don't think I have. I think it. I just peaked with that laugh. <laughs> I don't really know if I uh, have it because I never tested it because I don't really know every key. Yeah, no, so, you definitely don't, Rick. Yeah, I don't. I don't think I do. I'm good at rhythm though, that I can do. Um, but that's not really it. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. Do you know people have perfect rhythm as well as like there's perfect rhythm. Like you could go give me a two twenty five and they can just do it and that. 
that scares me. And also, it's way more impressive than Perfect Pitch. Oh, yeah. Because okay. every... I mean, any good musician has, like, good relative pitch. Mm. Like, but but having good, like, rhythm... Not that, like, most musicians can't lay out a beat, but to get the perfect BPM without having a metronome... Ooh. That's, it scares me. Yeah. Mm. There's... That's a character in the Arrested Development has that. <laughs> and I love it. It's a it's like this whole bit for season four. And it's incredible. I need to still watch that. It's not it's not every time you mention it, it's not like the most hilarious show. Okay. I my levels need to go up higher. I will speak <laughs> louder then. <laughs> Don't talk like that. Don't talk deeper, just I will speak sound louder. like an announcer. <laughs> you know, you if they score more touchdowns than the other team, they'll win the game. That's no, how you guys the talk like those works. guys from like the the fifties like announcement. That's how the sports works. <laughs> yes. Oh gee. Okay. So what's the baseball team today, Rick? Uh, uh, the uh, Mets uh, versus the. Uh, he, he didn't. He didn't do the voice more. Uh, the that. Mets versus the Red Sox. You know from yeah. They're playing <laughs> from yeah. <laughs> oh, beautiful. Beautiful. Okay. Oh my. So well, we've gone on a tangent. Yeah, that's, that's fine. That's well, yeah, fine. Yeah, we can talk about whatever else is going on in the world. Yeah, so uh we finished up our our, our thingies. Our third piece. Um Thank you for listening. Yeah. Uh, and we'll wrap up with a quick little update on current news and stuff that Weston has brought us this week. Today is uh, Sports Day. Why is it Sports Day, It is Sports Day because tonight is Game 7 of the Stanley Cup Finals between the St. Louis Blues and the Boston Red Sox. Woo! The Boston Red Sox? The Boston Bruins. Excuse (laughs) me. (laughs) Wow. The Blues are playing the Reds. Now they They hit the puck. They hit the puck with a baseball bat. Yeah. No, that... That's my fault, because in my mind, uh, yesterday, uh, David Ortiz, he was shot. That's what? my fault. He was, what? he was shot yesterday, yeah, in his hometown. He was shot while going to a store that was being robbed. He's in the hospital right now. He's fine. Oh, okay. They say he's going to be fine. But that's why I mixed that up. Jeez. Man. Uh, right. But yeah, it's St. Louis. The St. Louis Blues versus the Boston Bruins. Game 7. This is the chance for St. Louis to get their first Stanley Cup ever. Ooh. After making the finals uh, in their third year and losing to who else but the Boston Bruins. Hey, let's hey. beat them. Let, let's beat them. We're from cool. Massachusetts, if you can't tell. And um, this is the chance for the Bruins' seventh Stanley Cup. And as I said, the St. Louis is first. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is the first time that it's gone to a Game 7 since 2011. So Oh, nice. Let's see how this goes. Right. So we'll be we'll be watching that tonight. I'll be at your house. Oh, yeah. Um, I might bring the lady. The lady? Right. The lady. Okay. Um, wow. All right. Time. That's yeah. cool. Yeah, that's, I don't really watch, you know, much of the, much of the sports. Yeah. Um, um, so what else? Uh, any other? Yeah, well, for me... Well, I've always, the whole past week, because I've been interested in, is the Electronic Entertainment Expo that's been going on. Hey, Infinite! Yes. All the video games and stuff from all the big developers on yeah. video games. Hey, what, what exciting news do you have well, for that, Rick? Well, I mean, like, you could talk about all the, you know, the big AAA titles that be coming out, and all the sequels and prequels or extra content. 
for me personally, I always, you know, I like the Smash Brothers, so I, I was really excited to see, well, not the sword character that they introduce from game that I don't even play, Dragon Quest. I which, saw that which, one. Which was okay. I mean, like, I, I guess it, you know, appeals more to Japanese audiences. But then we had another character, Banjo-Kazooie, which was a little bit more recognizable, if you know a little bit more about video games from the 90s, which was cool because he's, you know, the character that should have been in the game a long while ago. But, hey, that's that. And uh, I was really excited because I, I, like, I like when they add new characters, brings out new you know, stuff to the game. Uh, and other stuff, other games. There are tons of tons of games that were announced, but um, I was I always enjoy E3 because it just shows you how much we all have in common, and all have well, not all in common sometimes, unless you go to the PC gaming show, which is like, oh, the Xbox One Scarlet, what can that do? Can he just hold up 120 frames per second? Pff, my PC can do that and hop skip in a Krispy Kreme. <laughs> I don't even know what I, I just I was said. quite excited to see Keanu Reeves is going to be in Cyberpunk Oh, crap. I told you. Yes. 77. Yes, that was a big deal. Like, oh, wake the frick up, Samurai. Apparently, uh, someone asked CD Projekt Red, they said, will, he, will we be able to have uh, romantic interactions with him? And they said, we do not want to give anything away. Oh, my God. So, you might be able to... Do something with Keanu Reeves in that game. Oh, no. So keep yeah. an eye out for that. Yeah, I definitely like, because, like, I, I do enjoy every single time when I watch E3, because there's always, there's always something for everyone. And I mean everyone, because, like, you got, you got your, you got your anime games, you got your, you got your open world games, you got your adventure games, you got your side scrollers, you got your racers, you got your, you got everything. And I do, and like, I don't know what kind of person would kind of argue that say that video games aren't an art because at this point, like, you just, there's, it's so much. There's so much pieces of art so within much, it. Like, yeah. It's, it, it's like any other thing, like how many genres of music there are, how many types of style of filmmaking there are. And well, stuff. I just meant like all the different, like, artists that have to go into making, like, one video game, like. Yeah. Who's There's vibrating? tons of art. Me. I can hear you vibrating on the... Really? You can hear this? Well, because someone is phone calling me while we're doing this show, and I'm not going to answer that. Okay? <sighs> Who was it, Rick? It was our friend Taylor. Oh. But, okay. She just responded to our Instagram post about our first recording session. Which we have session. an Instagram, which we should plug now, I guess. Oh, yeah. Should we plug that at the end? Uh, we're here now. <laughs> we're, we're basically at the end anyways. I just have my news that I want to talk about. It'll be much... It'll be very brief, because it already happened. Uh, on June 8th, <laughs> June 8th, uh, our local professional disc golf center, the New England Disc Golf Center in Southwick, mm. had their second annual Spoonwood Classic, which is their, their big tournament. Um, Nicholas Carl won. I don't know who that is, <laughs> but he won. Congratulations. And, uh, yeah, they had this really cool disc that they produced just for this tournament and it's really nice looking Ooh, okay. and that's just my my news for the week cool um, very local i like it local, local. Yeah. and disc golf i like mm -hmm. i like me some disc golf so yeah, yeah. um we Jason's now have two favorite things local and disc golf 
that one. And Paul Rudd. Uh, Lexi and, and ranks pretty high up there, doesn't she? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Oh. Um, so now, yeah. So that's this is uh that's our podcast. Thank you for tuning in and listening to us today. Um, and if you want to find any of the things that we talked about today, that was mm-hmm. Tchaikovsky discovers America. Yep. Um, that you can find on YouTube. It's also on Spotify and um, Amazon Music. I brought you the lovely uh, Jimi Hendrix Star Spangled Banner, and Weston brought in Number Five Collaborations EP by Ed Sheeran. Um, all of these you can find just anywhere on YouTube, the internet. Uh, if you found this, I'm sure you know how to find those things. Yeah. <coughs> um, <clears throat> and that, that's pretty much it. Uh, yep. we, we'll, we'll also plug our, um, our new social media accounts. We are at three couches on Instagram and I forget our handle on Twitter. Oh, we have a Twitter? I just made it as oh well. Yeah. Oh my God. Oh, sick. I'm, I'm, follow that. I'm really going for it. Hold on. Yeah, Rick, I couldn't find you. It's fine. Oh, oh man. Okay. We are at three couch on Instagram on, on Instagram and Twitter. So at three couch on Instagram and Twitter. If you have any questions or recommendations for us, you can find us on either of those, or you can email us at uh, three couch three couch production at gmail dot com. No s in that. So just three couch production at gmail dot com. Um, Alright, thank any you for questions listening. or anything. Maybe we'll take questions next time. Yeah, we can take questions, suggestions for art pieces to bring yes. in, uh, news that we can talk about, yeah, whatever you want. Um, so yeah, thank you for listening. Sayonara, boy. I love you. Goodbye. <laughs>